Hi, everyone. This is Anthony Diaz with the Pop Health Show. And this show is for anyone that has a strong passion for making other people healthier in this world. And I'm really enthused and excited to have Dr. Austin Lee Chiang on the show. So Dr. Chiang uh, does a variety of things. He has a really interesting background. Not only is he the chief medical social media officer of Thomas Jefferson University Hospital, so I'll tell you more about what that is, but he's also the director of endoscopic bariatric program at Thomas Jefferson University Hospitals. He's also the assistant professor of medicine at Sydney Kimmel Medical College. Furthermore, he is also the founding president of the Association for Healthcare Social Media. So really fascinating background. I'm, I'm, great. I'm glad to finally have him on the show. I'm not going to steal a slender. Dr. Chiang, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for that introduction. I know it's a mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely. I, I was going to try and make it rhyme, but I, I just am trying to nail all those things. Hopefully, I got an A-plus there, and I got your approval yeah, on it. You nailed it. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Dr. Chiang, thanks for being on the show. Um, as you know, I love origin stories. Our listeners love origin stories. Us as human beings, we love stories. Tell us your story. Tell us where you started off and what led you to become the person that you are today. Yeah, well, I grew up in Southern California, and then I actually moved abroad to Taiwan when I was 10. I came back for college, and from then on out, I've been on the East Coast ever since and made my way through med school um, and residency both at Columbia in New York City. And then um, I did a, my GI training, my gastroenterology training um, up in Boston at Brigham and Women's Hospital when I also did... Uh, sort of integrated fellowship in bariatric endoscopy, as you alluded to earlier, um, and also obtained my master's in public health there, and uh, finished my training, my very lengthy training uh, in advanced endoscopy at Thomas Jefferson uh, in Philadelphia before I joined on faculty just about a little over a year ago. And, um, and from there, I've been involved in very different things. I know you had mentioned sort of the social media aspect of things, which is one of my big roles, both at Jefferson and outside of Jefferson as well, um, with this organization, the Association for Healthcare Social Media. But on the clinical side, on the gastroenterology uh, side of things, I am an advanced endoscopist, and um, my focus is in bariatric endoscopy, so weight loss procedures um, that are done through the mouth. Mm, mm. No, I, I love it. I love the broad spectrum. Um, of what you're focused on. Maybe you can tell us a little bit more on, on, on some of the things you're focused on, you know, today. Um, you know, what, what has your passion? What, what do you focus um, the most on? I, I know passions and focus could vary, but tell me a little bit about some of the things you work on and some of the things that capture your fixation the most in, uh, certain, in the certain aspects of healthcare that you're touching. Yeah, I think that one thing that um, I'm very much focused on is helping health professionals utilize social media and getting online. And the reason behind that is really um, the, the disconnect that I seem to perceive where patients and the general public are getting their medical information from the media and other sources um, other than health professionals themselves, you know, outside of our clinical environment. Mm -hmm. um, and this sort of sparked my whole uh, journey into social media, even without knowing it from the very beginning. A couple of years ago, I spent some time at ABC News because I wanted to know how the general public receives medical information through the media and through the, the news. 
And um, in my very short time there, I wanted to understand how the medical literature was being vetted by the network before that information gets conveyed to the masses through the evening news. Mm -hmm. And in that time, coincidentally, every week there was a Twitter chat being held about various health topics. And organizations um, would join in those, representatives of organizations would join in those chats as well as very um, well-known public figures um, and other high-profile clinicians. And that's when I sort of started seeing social media in a different light as a very productive public health tool. And from there, I took it into my own specialty in gastroenterology, where I was live tweeting conferences. I was developing a social media presence for the division I was training at. I was trying to do social media research using data um, off of social media platforms. And, um, and one thing led to another. I'm very much involved now in helping uh, health professionals get online more, use it not only responsibly, but also effectively. And that's the whole sort of charge and mission behind the Association for Healthcare Social Media that we launched about two months ago. Mm, mm, I love it. I love it. And um, tell me tell me a little bit about maybe, you know, some about your work in action. You know, I'm very fascinated on both sides, right, on the medical side, on the social media side. But what are some examples of maybe some some medical professionals out there that um, have not had a social media presence and now they do. And then I just love to hear kind of like your mindset and philosophy on social media as well. I'm a big Gary Vaynerchuk fan. I'm a big fan of, you know, everyone yeah. should be looking at themselves as a media company these days. And yeah. you know, in our pockets, we have these miracle machines of, of smartphones that, you know, <laughs> I think I, I, I saw a Vaynerchuk post yesterday that, you know, this is something 80% of presidents didn't even have ever. And now we have these like miracle machines in our pockets to, to make ourselves into media machines. But tell me a little bit about, you know, your work in action, maybe a, an example or two. And I'd just love to hear your mindset too on, on, on the social media side and, you know, why more than ever it's, it's so important. I know you've talked a little bit about it already, but I'd just love to hear more. Yeah, I mean, I think in terms of my work in action, I've helped motivate and um, educate health professionals around me, my colleagues, and getting on social media and talking about the things that they're trained to talk about. And that, to me, is really important these days with all the misinformation and disinformation out there on the Internet for us health professionals to be utilizing social media ourselves and um, and use it effectively. So obviously there's um, social media, sometimes it might seem like we're speaking into a void, um, but it really involves being social and engaging with one another. And, and we've been able to form communities around our professions, around our specialties that way. And I've seen our specialty grow um, in some ways because of some of the um, education that I've been able to put out there through our medical societies, et cetera. Mm -hmm. Um, but like I said, you know, there's a lot of disinformation and misinformation out there and, you know, that's really, um, a big thing for me is, is seeing how we can reduce that and, um, how we can sort of restore trust in the medical profession because really it's at an all time low. Mm -hmm. And, um, a way of doing that in addition to us talking to each other and being present on, present on, on platforms like Twitter that are very much an academic forum these days. Um, you know, other platforms like Instagram and YouTube are much more patient-facing and have huge reach. 
And I think if we can harness some of the tactics that we don't usually um, aren't usually trained to think about, you know, on Instagram, influencers have been around for a long time in other sectors and in other industries. And only recently are we seeing a rise in health professionals sort of marketing themselves and putting themselves out there and, mm-hmm. you know, taking, making use of all the, uh, the tools and the visuals and, um, and kind of being more uh, marketing, um, having that sort of marketing perspective on things. And so, mm-hmm. um, you know, with that sort of reach, we could really impact public health if we're able to improve health literacy uh, by educating um, our patients and the general public about the things that we do, um, you know, dispel myths and um, demystify aspects of the healthcare industry. I think all of that um, are, is sort of a very uh, a potential um, way that we could use social media to our advantage. I love it. I love it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. As you probably know, if you can imagine, you know, that was a, a big inspiration of, of, of me starting the show as well as I find medical professionals having these such powerful stages of knowledge and information. And, you know, you're talking about people that have so much knowledge and experiences, you know, like yourself in health. And, you know, it's not disseminated out there. We need to get it out there. We need to get these voices out. And, you know, my desire and my ambition also is anyone that's on our show is like to turn into like a little media company, like right away, you know, you know, get on Instagram, get on, (laughs) get on LinkedIn, get on Twitter, send your thoughts out, don't hold back. And, you know, just speak from your heart, speak from your experience. And, you know, there's nothing bad that's going to happen. Obviously, everyone should be slapped. All their doctors, I'm sure you tell your doctors, slap your disclaimer on there, right? You know, hey, this is not specific medical advice for me to you, but this is just right. open thoughts. And obviously, you have to do your the little disclaimers. But no, it's super powerful what you're enabling and, and doing in this space. Um, I'd love to hear a little bit more about on the, on the healthcare side now on to, to balance this out here, uh, tell me a little bit about what has your fixation in, in other topics in health these days. There's so much change you're seeing around you where you're at. Um, what are some promising things that are paving the way for, for the future that are, are starting to be in place? And maybe it is this intersection of, you know, disseminating knowledge and, 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 and getting, getting, uh, you know, clinicians voices out more. Yeah, I mean, similar to the, you know, the effect of social media, I think one thing is just how we communicate with patients in general and how that's evolving. You know, I always say that 10, 20 years ago, the way we communicate with patients is very different than how we do it today. And in some ways, things that we were previously uncomfortable with now are being encouraged to like communicating with our patients through electronic health records or telemedicine or telehealth. And even on social media, what you said about disclaimers, for instance, and having putting things out there, there are these nuances to how we use these platforms to communicate with our patients um, that aren't well defined yet. And, you know, these are the things that we want to make sure that we understand so that no one falls into traps or pitfalls or makes mistakes um, right from the get go. And that's one of the reasons why we established the Association Firm for Healthcare Social Media. Um, but even along the lines of innovation um, that I'm seeing in other areas of medicine, at least within gastroenterology, my field itself, um, you know, our field is always innovating in many ways. It's a very broad field, so it's hard to um, 
narrow down the scope of innovation within gastroenterology. But in my own niche field of bariatric endoscopy, for instance, um, there's a lot happening. There's a lot of new devices going through the FDA approval process, um, GI being a very procedural field. There's constantly innovation on what tools and gadgets we can uh, introduce to, you know, um, help better treat the conditions that we treat or um, help move the needle a little bit in uh, in this whole area of medicine. So, mm-hmm. um, so yeah, I think that there's a lot of excitement in various areas here. I think one big topic in GI, aside from gadgets and um, and equipment, is uh, the microbiome and how mm-hmm. little we know about that. But I know that there are, I'm not a microbiome researcher. I'll put it out there from the get-go. But <laughs> um, I have various colleagues. Yeah, I have colleagues who are um, very much microbiome researchers who are really delving into that space. And I think it's super interesting because I don't think it was on, um, you know, it hasn't been mainstream up until the past several years that we're hearing about the microbiome all the time and how it could potentially be implicated in various different conditions um, Mm -hmm. that we never previously thought could potentially be related. Uh, I I love it. I love it. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's what fascinates me too about what you're doing. You know, you're at the core and epicenter of all things uh, gut science. I'm sure that's the sophisticated term for it, right? Gut science. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, all about the gut. Uh, along those lines, I'd love to go a little bit deeper here on, you know, say you had your friends and family around a, a big dinner and, and, you know, it's your time to, everyone wants to hear about your latest, like, you know, what to do to get your gut in order. Do you have certain things that you're always like preaching or doing yourself or find yourself doing these days? So full confession, we have kombucha here in the office. I can imagine (laughs) that science is not just about, um, you know, eat whatever you want, a million potato chips and a bags of popcorn, and then just eat, you know, drink kombucha and you're fine. But what, what are, what are your, like, uh, (laughs) what are, what are your, like your do's and don'ts when it comes to gut health or becoming aware about your gut health? I know some of this is common sense and some of it is actually super sense, it feels like, but just love to hear your thoughts about the gut and gut health. Oh my gosh. I think it's such a broad topic. I feel that it really depends on everyone's specific medical conditions and circumstances. Um, There's so many different conditions that require specific dietary restrictions or, um, Mm -hmm. you know, I always say that it's best to have a professional follow you along if you have specific considerations. So seeing a registered dietitian or nutritionist is really important for those things. I do always preach when it does come to the dinner table conversations, not to necessarily believe everything that you read on the internet because everyone you know, will be quick to jump on a Google search mm-hmm. um, or believe, you know, a popular fad diet out there. And I think it really needs to be customized to everyone's individual uh, liking and preference and needs. Um, so I, I, I always sort of take a step back and I don't necessarily prescribe a specific um, diet over another. I think it needs to be tailored to everyone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think that a lot of the, again, sort of going back to the whole social media issue and detox teas being promoted through social media and all these various types of supplements that um, people claim to have various benefits, uh, you know, we just need to keep in mind that these supplements aren't necessarily um, vetted through the FDA. And so we don't necessarily know what's in it. We don't know how different people could re- have different reactions to them. Um, so I would never really put my hat on, um, or hang my hat on any one 
sort of specific fad diet as the panacea for everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm right there with you. And, um, you know, I, I think what's interesting is, uh, I guess what, what excites me is that there's a lot of call of attention to gut health now. And yeah. um, I, I'm hearing a lot more uh, about uh, the gut being like a second brain. And, you know, are you hearing that? What do you say about that? And does that sound just like that sounds like almost like, you know, crazy talk? I, I, I think about that. And I think about like the bad guy in the old Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle cartoons and comics I used to read, right? Um, but what yeah. what is what is the gut being a second brain mean? Is there merit to that? Well, there is in the sense that there is an entire nervous system that lines the gut tract mm-hmm. um, that sort of dictates its own movement, etc. I don't think that we fully understand um, all of it yet, mm-hmm. um, but I think that there's so much that we that we still need to to figure out about the gut and how it works when it comes to, you know, the microbiome once again, and the fact that there are, um, you know, more bacteria in our gut than, than we know it's, um, it's pretty incredible how this all interacts and how it could potentially affect, uh, various conditions that, that are out there. Mm-hmm. I know that there, um, you know, a couple of years ago when I first heard about fecal transplants being used to treat, uh, various um, conditions, you know, the main thing being C. diff um, colitis, which is a right. um, diarrheal illness. Um, to hear that back in, a couple of years ago when I was in med school, I thought it was just mind-boggling. But now it's pretty much standard of care when it comes to refractory C. diff that fecal transplant is something that we would recommend. And, um, and to see cases of this being successfully treated, I think, um, is just really remarkable um, mm-hmm. over the years. And I know that um, hopefully, you know, it might not um, be sort of fecal transplants forever. It may be that this might evolve into something where whatever is helping within the fecal transplant can be isolated and um, can be um, can be used to target specific conditions. So very exciting. Um, and I don't think that, uh, you know, I personally don't have enough knowledge in that space um, because I'm not one of those researchers, but I think that there's just a lot there that really needs to be sussed out. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, absolutely. And, and I, I guess to, so I appreciate that. Definitely. I'm hearing a lot more and it's just, it's just a fascinating field and it's something that we should all obsess about, right? We're all eating and we're putting things into our gut daily, but yet um, it's only until like the last few years that there's some super sciences that are coming out to allow us to understand, <laughs> you know, a lot of us spend yeah. more time on Instagram feeds, uh, than we do like understanding <laughs> like, how we feed ourselves. Right. And, and so it's, it, imagine if those ratios were to be flipped, but along those lines though, what, what is just as fascinating is your research, your work and this intersection of social media. And I guess, um, you know, to kind of cap us off here, cause I want to be sensitive to your time, but Tell me a little bit about your vision of health in the future. So we, we talk a lot about social media, you know, um, obviously mm-hmm. what you're doing from a from, from your, your 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 healthcare work and your medical work um, on a day to day basis and the intersection. But you know, you have a you probably have an interesting perspective of where you'd like to see the health the future of health go. But tell me about that vision of health that you'd like to see. Maybe it's for professionals. Maybe you would like to see you know every doctor across the country with. Uh, you know, X, Y, Z social media presence or, or, you know, some sort of level of media impact 
but uh, just love to listen to how you how you view uh, the future of health. Yeah, I mean, I I see it not so much from the health professional side of things as much as the patient side of things. I really think that if I could sum it up in one sentence or one vision, it would be reducing the distance between patients and health professionals. Mm. And I think that that distance has sort of um, grown over time, and we've sort of uh, you know lost trust between the patients in the medical field. And I think that. Um, if we can sort of somehow mend that disconnect, that would be really great. And, and so I think that patient advocates and patients should be involved in, in wanting to take more interest in, you know, their own care and taking charge of their own plans. Um, I think that that would absolutely help health outcomes and, um, you know, make the doctors happy. Um, but at the same time, I feel that health professionals also need to get online, need to communicate with not only each other, but also, with patients and um, organizations and put their voices out there, um, mm-hmm. but do so in uh, a very re- in a responsible way. I think that unlike a lot of other individuals using social media, we have to be held to another a different standard um, mm-hmm. because of the, the types of the type of information that we're putting out there. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we can sort of serve as spokespeople for our specialties, that's, that would be, I think the ideal situation um, for me that, Rather than patients trusting random individuals out there, some of whom might be celebrities, some of whom might just be, you know, people who've been able to build a following um, uh, on sort of unsubstantiated health claims, I think that if they can, if we can realign patients with the spokespeople of each specialty or different aspects of healthcare, um, that would be really fantastic. So that way, you know, accurate information would be disseminated mm. to the masses. I love it. I love it. Right there with you, Dr. Chiang. And, and this is this is really great what you're working on and what you're ushering in and such a unique um, you know, focus of yours and a, and a really interesting calling. And I'm glad you've been kind of like, uh, you've tapped your own self on the shoulder to hold yourself, you know, accountable to focus on this. And it's a, it's a, it's a super important purpose that you're doing. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've looked at some of your social media stuff. It's really super cool and really appreciate you empowering, you know, others. Um, Thank Dr. You. Last question for you, I promise, is uh, social media wise, how would you like others to contact you uh, of our listeners if you'd like direct connection or people to interact with you on social media? Yeah, so all my social media channels are basically Austin Chang MD, A U S T I N C H I A N G M D. I'm on Instagram, I'm on Twitter, YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, basically any social media platform that you can think of i'm on there i will also make a a note that there's there are there's no one correct way of using social media um, as a health professional for any of any listeners who might be health professionals themselves um i think that there are a lot of different ways and a lot of different reasons why people should get on social media some people want to educate their communities some people want to um, use it to grow their practice to grow a business and i think that there's no right or wrong way to use it um, I just think that there are a lot of people out there using it or a lot of professionals out there using it now who are you doing it very well. And those of us have sort of come together to try to um, share our experience with everyone else. And so I can't claim to be the only one out there doing it the way I do it. But I feel that, um, you know, there are other people out there who are also doing a wonderful job on social media. So um, I'm always happy to, 
you know, talk to anyone who reaches out to me and share other examples with anyone else who's interested. So feel free to reach out to me on any of my social media um, channels. Awesome. Awesome. Dr. Chiang, this was uh, great to have you on. We'll link to that in the show notes. Uh, thank you for sharing your story with us, your your origin story, your passions, your work, and where you see healthcare going and the vision of, of healthcare that you're ushering in with your current work today. So really appreciate your time. And uh, this, was, this was great to connect with you. Really appreciate it. This was great. Likewise. I really appreciate it. I had a great time. Thank you so much. Thanks. Thank you. Thanks.